0: Anyone. It's the only one of the March Um, Stringfish is the only one of the March leaving fish that I don't have I spent most of my morning trying to reorganize my orchards um, which is sort of going well I mean on one level I really appreciate they let you like you don't have to chop down the tree and plant a new one like you can pick them up and move them yeah. but it yeah. is also such a fucking pain in the ass because I have to be constantly eating fruit so like once I run out of fruit like I can't do that and I don't want to destroy all these trees and rebuild them. So I'm just like, oh. So I had to stop. Wait,
1: how many? Um, I, I also like, especially looking at my orchards. I'm like, I don't think I spread these out in an intelligent way. But I also like, who has the time? Well, I do because. Well, it I mean, like honestly, every- I, I don't know why I'm saying that when right now I think the theme is everybody has nothing yeah. but time. I mean, it's every night,
0: genuinely, I'm like, listen, this is the only. I mean, I'm glad I'm baked. I, I'm glad I baked. I'm glad I did some other stuff. But at the same time, it's like, this is, this is, this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is the diametric opposite of that summer where everybody was playing Pokemon Go. This is everybody just fucking staying inside and playing Animal Crossing.
1: Can go to the polls? <laughs> Stop. God! All right. Oh, I, I have know. matches and sulfur and I will make my own Tarantula Island.
0: Uh, yeah, so Cheesecake Factory is apparently not paying its rent on April 1st, um, which is just great. Which is, which is great. Come on, so- Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I have to celebrate
1: the, the only two people, The only two people in this world you can fucking trust, apparently, right now are the Cheesecake Factory. Is,
0: here's the Cheesecake Factory.
1: But, like, I kind of knew that already, so it's fine. Apparently, I was right all along. Um... Okay, I'm out here tarantula hunting. I tried making bread for the first time today. It came out okay. It's a little pale. It didn't, because I, the last yeast they had at Key Foods was the um, bread maker yeast, which you can also use as like an instant rising yeast. But what's important to note about Uh, it is it only proofs once, but I did not do it in the correct order. Because I misunderstood the recipe, and so like it's definitely bread, but it also it definitely needs more salt. That's number one. Yes, and like that's the, and that's one of those
0: important things of like that's what trying something for the first time is good for. Um, I made biscotti from the from Sally's Baking Addiction because love love that bitch. Um, makes just. I'm thinking of making her cookie dough cupcakes actually. That sounds really good. Well, the problem is, is like right now we're kind of out of like everything because my mom's, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm trapped. Um, and my mom's like, okay, we're only going to go to the grocery store once a week, which make- makes sense. Don't get me wrong, but another level it means that like uh, odds and sundries for baking are kind of not hard to come by. Yeah, not here, so I have to wait. But I really need to fuck. I just need to do something that wasn't playing Animal Crossing. Um, as much as I love playing Animal Crossing. So the biscotti came out pretty well for something where I had to like substitute a decent, hold on. <laughs> Why? Oh my God, I almost did the boop on the fourth again and it was a
1: yellow part. Are you fucking kidding me? Um. <laughs> hold on, oh, I have he's... a rancho in my sights. Oh yeah, the El Valle de con un Rancho. So this has been our lives for the past Yeah. I just I just need the bass just give me the string fish. I just
0: need the fucking string fish. Please, 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 please. Um, fuck you. Um incidentally, so a new feature is like fish will just turn around and swim in the other direction, and it's so disrespectful. It really is. I I don't don't like they'll like I'll like like catch my fucking bobber and they'll be like, mmm, better not. It's like fuck you. How dare you? Every time Um, a fish is
1: like, I don't like your bobber, I'm like, is it me? Am I not pretty enough? I don't know what bug this is, but I don't want it to wander into the ocean.
0: Yeah, uh, the ranches are like, once you start getting into the like the dance of collecting them, it, it goes pretty well. I only got bit a couple times, but it's also one of those things where I'm like, I cannot wait till golden scarabs come back in a season. Fuck, this is so stressful. I mean, it's um, not really
1: stressful, but like when you're doing it, especially when you do the trick where you have to clear the entire island to find them. Does your skin just start like crawling as you're wandering around? Because it's like you're inviting, like especially when you have to prep,
0: you have to DIY your spider skull island, um, spider spider it, island. Let me guess, but he's gifting me spider spider, spider island. He <laughs> it, but like it's the thing where it's like I'm like I'm I'm letting, I'm setting it up so I'm inviting the devil into my house, like. It's weird to put a welcome mat out for the vampire. Um got to say metaphorically speaking. Um so that's kind of been weird, but uh hold on. Um I mean I I have been island hopping a little bit um I want to try to find the Shark Island that apparently is like a thing, but getting Nook Miles is kind of a pain in the like they they let you funk, but it, it it's like it is kind of a and it's also one of those things where I start getting I have, like eighteen thousand of them right now, and it's that thing where I'm like I can feel myself doing the video game thing of but what if I what if I run out like I have to hoard all these now I can only I can't go under ten thousand it's like dude stop it um so that's fun that's definitely great um. I have Fucking tiger beetles. Tiger Beetles can fuck off. At least they're easy to get rid of. Um so who do you have in your village right now?
1: Uh right now in my village, I have Coco, Graham, the yellow bird one who I really twiggy. Um she's adorable. Uh Deirdin, who I Deirdre, who I am trying to get rid of. Um the Sterling. And um, sucker, I love them. Fucking water bugs. When I'm like, why aren't tarantulas spawning? And it's because, oh, this is also you horrible have thing run, you, have,
0: you have to go run on the rocks and shoo the wharf roaches off, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, um, I do that as well. I have noticed, I mean, just from last night, I noticed that ranchos tended to spawn like actually near the beach, um, and near those stones. It wasn't a yeah. guarantee, but I tended to find them over there more often, which was great because there were times where it was just me slowly creeping forward, tapping A, and they're just sitting on the edge of the fucking ocean. Oh, it got like, me. Oh.
1: I, I, I was um, gone.
0: Yeah, I got it. I also, you have to be careful because if they're on inclines, like that, that, that incline between the yeah. beach and the island, um, I your angle ends up being like it doesn't it doesn't work like don't wait till they're on wait till you're both on flat ground because there's no second chances um I will say though I'm so glad that the animal when they had them in New Leaf they would play the most ominous fucking music when they chased after you like it was just fuck it was just like the worst fucking like hey do you want to hear what it sounds like in hell And it's like no 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 what the fuck who would Um, want this who would want this? And I mean, like, I want to say this for context is, like, I play games like Fatal Frame for, like, fun. Like, I play survival horror. I play horror games. I, I like horror stuff. It is, I was, I mean, I had, like, a white knuckle fucking grip on my controller. Like, there's just something that, because nothing else in this game can really do any damage. Oh, my God. Please be a string fish. Holy shit. Giant, giant, giant fish shadow.
1: Please. Please, my wife. I will bet you money it is a sea oh. bass
0: i it's at least her aim is getting better i want to be the It's person funny that sea bats pump. are terrible <laughs> oh god the bane of my fucking existence i am not in the sea though so there's that
1: um fucking tiger beetles so, yeah, tiger- at least tiger
0: beetles can be chased off. Butterflies are more annoying. That was why I kind of gave up on trying to get them to spawn on my bamboo island, because I kept getting butterflies. And on one level, it's nice that you can't scare butterflies off when you, like, want to catch them. And then when you don't, it's like, Ugh. oh. Oh,
1: what's fine. Because- I, I can't stop scaring Atlas moths. Yeah, hold on. Hello? Are you a spider? Lon! please, 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 please. Motherfucker! What is it?
0: God damn it! It's a black bass. Fuck! All right. Anyway, truly the most evil of all uh, fucking fish. Yeah, like ki- k- zzzz- I understand why they're like that from a, like a game perspective. Like you don't want like a big fish shape to be like guaranteed get, but at the same time, oh.
1: All right. Um, if this fucking villager who is on this island does not get the fuck out of my way, oh, who's the villager? Bones. Huh. He's a dog, and he's also now my mortal enemy. Oh, that's fair. Um, he is standing between me and the one thing I need. Fuck, it's fine. It was Got it. Shape. Um, gotcha, bitch. All right. I, uh, I, I guess also this-
0: saved mine. If you can and you don't need, wait until Flick shows up because, like, if you have thirty of them, the Timmy and Tommy will give you about 250,000 bells mm-hmm. for them, but Flick will give you almost five hundred thousand god so love that you gay can
1: them. yeah i love that also that gay icon. yeah flick,
0: flick is really cute i know i mean the thing is is i nintendo's already said they're gonna add a lot of it like they're probably gonna add the cafe back in an update like it's one of those things where it's like it, it's kind of bare bones on npcs right now but they have said they're putting characters back in future updates um And they put Isabel in, I mean, you have to get the residence center, but it's like they put Isabel in because if they hadn't put Isabel in, there would have been riots in the fucking streets. Which is so fascinating to me because she's only been around since New Leaf, but like, she's such a, number one, she's become such a popular and well-known and iconic video game character. She's in fucking Smash, and that's not nothing. Um, And then on top of that she's like so intrinsic to what people think of as animal crossing now, even though she's only been around for like one game, which is just amazing. Um, we, we, we <laughs> love her. Love that. Form we, her. Stand.
1: But, um, we stand. We stand. We uh, stand. We stand a legend. Stand. But um, And uh, speaking it, of legends. Oh, geez. Oh, I, was, of- I, was like, I was like, oh. Okay. There's your lead in. Um, so, transition, star wipe and star wipe
0: um so on my island though because i didn't get i have yeah please so one of my villagers from when i played new leaf i called my village camelot um and one of the villagers i had not the entire time but for like a like like three-fourths of it i had muffy and so i like saw reset my town like 10-15 times to get muffy thankfully it didn't take forever I might have died um and then I have coach who's like nice but like obviously like if when he when he says he's gonna move out I'm not gonna stop him and I have Hugh who is also nice but again not gonna stop him when he wants to move out and Flora who when she moves out I will totally give to you. Um
1: yeah no my are like have- Flora, Merengue, Marina, Dawn that's why I have um cocoa and Zucker because I'm looking to do trades, although I'm not sure if it's going to work like that. I'm wondering honestly how the black market's going to go. Hold on, One sec. big shape where I need it. All right. um, I'm kind of interested to see how the black market's going to go
0: now because it's like. All right, I actually hold on. I'm going to save and save and stop because otherwise I'm just going to be doing this, and it, it's actually kind of because I do need to focus, so I, I, I'm on my switch. But okay, um, hold on, saving and turning off. We'll play when we're done recording. Um, so my thing is, uh, I have Tia, or she's moving in tomorrow, and I like Tia. I had Meringue on my last file, so I might. I might keep Tia around because Tia and Meringue were both normal personalities so it didn't make sense for both of them. Um but the only one and I I you know I'm okay with trying other villagers like I I you know I don't want I don't need everybody I had from my last go around. I would like Anka back, but I really want Julian back because he was one of my starting 5 in New Leaf and that was the first Animal Crossing I played so he's like super important to me and I love him. Um so we shall see, I'm gonna try. I know Ike said you can make an and piece like and like and and whatever the fuck NRC codes um for amiibo scanning with an Android phone, and I know Tim has one, so I have to figure out how the fuck that works. I might just try to fucking huh. counterfeit <laughs> I might try to counterfeit Animal Crossing Amiibo cards. although I think that's the best idea we've ever had. Well, yes, which is very good. <laughs> But, I think we're going uh, to be rich. We're
1: we'll going to be um, rich.
0: Filthy rich. I saw your tweet about me, like when you quote tweeted me baking, you're like, we have the exact same coping method. I don't know why I'm ever shocked by this, but yeah, I was definitely like, I need to bake something or I'll die. Um, But yeah, uh, if we can figure out how the fuck to do that. um, I don't know how the black market's going to work because it's so... New. tumblr isn't really big and it's going to be harder to do on twitter but we'll we'll see i don't know so i think now is a good time to talk about how uh longing
1: is one of the colors on the gay flag um wait 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 and- wait wait, wait. we gotta we gotta set it up a few things number one <laughs> number one okay. this was the uh ninth episode was it the ninth i think or the eighth episode oh fuck me. it was it was it
0: was it was an episode of Legends of
1: Tomorrow. <laughs> it sure was an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, um, occurring in the fifth season, and uh, I was really thinking of titling it. I have two I have two choices, and if you want to think of something else, that's fine. But I had uh, fellas, is um, it gay? And also, uh, men can't be friends. <laughs> I
0: think I think fellas, is it gay? Is is actually probably I think I think we should go with that one because. Wow, <laughs> you know we it's talk brilliant. we talk we talk we talk we talk a lot, you know, we spent a lot of time over the past actually, ever since Zari came on the show because that was when the fem slash started to stop being like just focused on Sarah, and there mm-hmm. was more room to talk about it, I think, as a broader concept, but ever since we've kind of talked about what queer baiting is and what queer baiting isn't on this podcast, um. So it was very nice to see something this episode that made me go, I, I don't.
1: Oh right, that's it, what it is. is. It's Schrodinger's it's Schrodinger's queer baiting where I'm like I literally, like I honest it, to god I would love for Zari to, Zarly to be queer bait because that would mean that the show would have to be promoting Tall and Maisie super hard and uh, we know that they're oh. I do. I actually now want to I'm just
0: the There's something I want to look if I can find. Remember how I said I would take like scans of like pages from books I would read because I knew I would want them as a reference citation. Yep. I have some stuff from the celluloid closet that I'm gonna try to find because there was such a. There's a lot going on in how this show handled Ray and Nate's relationship this episode after he got married to Nora. That is like specific to like a subset of like queer coding um and if I can find it I want to talk about it but let's start with whatever you want to talk about while I I do that
1: well I don't know I'm kind of in did you know in animal crossing you can just have a brick oven in your house and not die of carbon monoxide poisoning a big fan of that
0: um I've told I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast but if you if I, I did almost die of carbon monoxide poisoning as a child um so you guys <laughs> almost
1: get to listen to this podcast and it's up to you about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yesterday I um, spent 35,000 bells on the Animal Crossing variant of the Nintendo Switch. And now my snapping turtle, television's Dominic Purcell, full name, is blocking me from putting it away. <laughs> I do. I am so excited to find
0: a snapping turtle because I want to. I love that they don't like go in a tank. Like, you just put it down on your floor and it hisses at you. It's great. Um, ten out of ten. Um, so I mean, telly for short. Sure. I know we're I know we're recording this late, but like in our defense, I mean, like I am.
1: Everything super... fucking happened.
0: Everything. It's I'm I'm genuinely like afraid. Like my sister was in my my sister's been in contact with somebody. Like her friend, who she's seen in the past week or two, had her mom got it. So I'm like, oh. So I'm like, I mean, I doubt my sister, if we have if, if knock would, but if I have it, I'm just a carrier. Um, if my sister even got it from her friend, which obviously we don't know because nobody's getting fucking tested. Um, this is such a hard time to exist. This is scary. Um, this sucks ass. And on one level, I, I you know, and it's funny that this episode was about Shakespeare, because I saw a lot of people when this first started being like a thing. They were like, oh, don't forget, Shakespeare wrote King Lear while he was in quarantine. And it's like, shut the fuck. You know what else happened while he was quarantined because of the plague? His son got the fucking plague. Can you shut up?
1: Whoa, Shakespeare had kids?
0: Yeah. His kid was named, like, Ham, not literally. His kid was named Ham something. That's where Hamlet, like, he wrote. It's been a while, but like, yeah, Hamnet, something like that, like too close to, you know, he basically just sort of filed the serial numbers off yeah. and wrote his kid into a play. Um, that being said, I'm- it's, it's that thing where it's like, if you can't, like, I'm, it's hard for me to do things. Like I'm paint. like I'm painting and I'm baking and I'm doing stuff that requires me to like physically engage like i can't write like my brain like will not like i just i because if i start trying to make my thoughts move and my words go i get so angry (laughs) because this is a fucking this would be bad in a in a situation where we had a competent government but i i i just if this if this has done anything it's kind of pulled the curtain back on how 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 we don't really have a government, so to speak. We just kind of have a lot of things that used to be a government. Like our government is essentially just a bunch of vestigial limbs. We don't all of our social services have been slashed to the point of not really functioning or existing. Um, everyone in charge is the dumbest motherfucker alive, like just the worst, stupidest, and shittiest person you could have possibly appointed for the job. We don't even have a fucking pandemic response team at the CDC anymore. Like all like we don't we even we don't. have a CDC no effectively not at this fucking point um like we don't this is fucking terrifying and it is slow coming because no one's getting tested and we're not at the peak of it give it an i even maybe Two even by the weeks.
1: end
0: it's gonna be bad and it's already bad it's bad it's going to get worse um Ooh. and i worry You know, I'm go. Actually, I have to go to work tomorrow. It's the only day I'm working this week because technically, being a daycare is like an essential service. Um, I'm on much. I'm on ridiculously reduced hours because we only have like ten kids in the building at any given point. Because everybody who's in quarantine is keeping their kids at home, thankfully. Um, Everyone who's still at the school has parents who have an essential job, but like, so that makes being a daycare worker an essential job by proxy, which is weird. I mean, not weird because you know being a teacher is important and shit, and it still totally counts as teaching. But at the same time, I am just like, "Huh, fuck," and it's it's a lot. Um, so that's why the podcast hasn't. I haven't really had the. I've been ratcheting between anger and depression and existential dread, and like it's 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 very hard to do a comedy podcast when you're just like, "Oh, oh no, oh oh no," about like everything. Um. And just getting so angry with how many people are, are are fucking this up. And I'm just so angry. And the anger is the hardest thing to, to deal with because it's so much it's staggering. Um, so it's, like, kind of weird because it was, like, last episode we were so angry. And I mean justifiably about the way that they bungled this season um, for the sake of sending off these two characters that, as of this episode, have stopped being plot relevant.
1: But at the same yeah, time... Yeah, that's it also actually ended. where I wanted... That's where I wanted to lead us to this, because in a lot of ways, I'm very, very sick of talking about um, the actors specifically. I think it's kind of ridiculous that they got so many interviews for leaving a show. I think it's kind of ridiculous that we clearly hamstrung the plot to give them both specifically a goodbye episode. Because Nora was barely in this episode. Like, nobody seemed to really care that she was leaving. Which is ridiculous. But, like, there you have it. Classic legends. Oh, stay stay
0: gold, pony boy.
1: And it was just one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand why you did this. Because I understand being, like... (sighs) I understand being upset about getting written off the show. Um to my knowledge Phil Clemmer is not the president of the CW network but apparently I'm mistaken. Um anyway, not to be shady or anything. Um Oh, no, there just... was
0: actually, right, because, oh, God, it's been, what, it was, was it this episode that we had? It really has been such a, hold on, I have to, like, go back and check, because I don't remember if this happened this episode. Um, This was the episode where we found out Lachesis, like, raised Astra, right? It sure is. Okay, so that's the whole thing I want to talk about, which you don't have to talk about right now, because I am still trying to look for that citation source. So, obviously, a lot's going on right now, so it feels a little weird to be, like, Angry about things happening on an incredibly stupid fictional television show, but on another level, you know, if you're anything like me or Rachel right now, and you need that, you need to think about anything else. You know what? I hope this gives you a place to redirect your anger. So I will say, God, fuck, fuck this,
1: this fucking stupid show. Um, I swear to yeah. fucking God. Um, the show, and it's one so, of those things where like. Oh, you go. Do you want to go first or like, do you want to express why you're mad or should I express why I'm mad first? Oh, you go first. Because like I said, still
0: looking for that source. I have a lot of stuff saved to my iPhone. Okay. I mean,
1: I'm just going to say if I was on a television show with people I cared about um, on a season that was supposed to belong to two actresses who have had their plots hamstrung a lot. I would maybe not make it my job to further hamstring and pull focus from their plots. But that's just me. I'm not saying someone did that. I'm just saying I wouldn't. What Definitely. are you angry? What are you okay. angry about? So what I'm angry about, aside,
0: this is, that isn't made of like, I'm, I'm angry about that. Let's get that out of the way. I am genuinely angry that this show, just as it was sort of starting to come into its own by having a lot of major female characters in a way that really hasn't happened on the show up till, like, the season before this one, they wrote, I'm so angry about Mona. I'll get to, I'm gonna fucking get to Mona. Oh, boy.
1: Um, Oh, we'll get to Mona. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm fucking furious about that. And I'm just, like. I'm so angry. That's a textual reason. The thing I'm angry about is I'm going to make my complaint strictly narrative right now. Astra, as of even before the season started, she was technically introduced as this season's antagonist last season. So we've known that Astra was going to be a threat for, uh, let's say, a, s- a season and a quarter so far. Or yeah. n- The the tail end of last season and all of this season, we've known she was a threat. We haven't really known anything about her as a person. She just doesn't like John and her mom died. There's not really a lot. I mean, and that's fair, but it doesn't really give us a lot to work with. um, And it doesn't really make her a character. And I will say, outside of the Legion of Doom, um, when this show makes its own villains... They're either really stupid, like you have, like, the Neuron didn't fucking count, basically. Um, and what what was there the one, Corypheus? It's not Corypheus, that's the Dragon Age one that's also incredibly stupid and uninteresting. But Did we have a villain last season? Oh, right, it was Neuron, <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Neuron, who also wasn't very interesting, but also the one that Bebo beat the shit out of? Malice. Malice, right, because so I was like, I knew there was something else we called him that, because I kept calling him Mollusk because they start calling him mollusk in the show. Like, that's not going to make him any more fucking intimidating. So We got you know, John Noble for this. We got John Noble. Y'all remember like, that? <laughs> <laughs> right, we got John Noble. Um, So, this show either... But then this show does stupid shit like that with its villains, but then it has villains like Kwasa. And this show is really good at writing sympathetic villains. Like it's not good at writing bad guys. It's right, it's right, it's good at writing people who do bad shit but are also like gay and sad. And so it does that well. So that's why I'm angry about the fact that we didn't get until this episode, even though she's the primary antagonist of this season, and we are, I cannot stress this enough, halfway Halfway through the season.
1: Halfway
0: through the season, who on top of that, hasn't even been officially revealed to be a Lachesis. And I'm not saying that everything in a narrative has to be spelled out, but I am saying that, like, again, could we priority. Get,
1: could, could we get we a little introduce?
0: bit like, I'm not saying that at the opening, her introductory shot, she should have been winding up her fucking clock going, hi, I am Lachesis of the three fates, and this is my daughter who I raised in the streets of hell. You didn't have to do it like that. But I didn't, I'm not even saying it had to be, like I said, minute one, day one reveal. I think it's something that was an interesting reveal that she's like, I raised you. It should have happened in the episode that we found out that Natalie was her mom, like her biological mom, because that would have been the thing. Like where it's like, John's like, I'm going to get your mom back. And after being like, well, I, I like, and Lakisha's being like, well, she's not your mom because I raised you. Like that would have been the time for it because that also completely. Don't worry,
1: everybody. Lakisha and Natalie are getting married
0: but it is a thing where it's like it completely retext. I mean maybe it's just because as someone who
1: has a relationship capital R with their mom it completely I, don't, I don't have I don't believe I mean, in the I concept of parents act- what, or you know, right.
0: sorry, never mind I don't have a mom I've never had a mom I don't know there's never been any moms moms are just a myth um thank you it completely recontextual. <laughs> I can't we just both start? It's funny and depressing at the same time that we're just fucking doing. Oh oh god. Uh trauma everybody. Let's, anyway, not, let's not let's, let's not. never <laughs> emotions right here one day die, etc. Okay, et so it completely would have recontextualized Astra for me. Like it is also a no fucking brainer when you already have all this shit with Mick to have like another fraught parental relationship being sort of not even necessarily directly paralleled, but just sort of there um, to bounce off of. Like this should have been something we knew three episodes ago. I'm not saying at the start of the season, I am saying it should have come three episodes ago. And the only reason that it didn't was because we had to do this whole fucking season long goodbye to Brandon. I'm not even really, it's not about Courtney anymore because Courtney was, it's, it, 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 I'm sad she's gone, but the, the law, the stretched out, if just Nora was leaving, we wouldn't have gotten this. It wouldn't have happened. No. She would have just, it, and, it, and
1: it. I kind of did want to talk about the clotheslining of um characters of color because I mean, I know that Nora's parentage was never, it's, it's the sort of thing with like Len. Where it's like, yes, they both, they gave him two white parents, but the actor is not white, so I feel very uncomfortable as a white person being like, this is not... So, the fact that, and I mean, I guess her wedding episode is supposed to technically counts, but, like, the fact that we are, like, they have a revolving door for everybody except Brandon, and then Nora basically just doesn't say anything in her last, last episode, was like, and it continues.
0: It's like, and that's the thing where it's, it's like, it... Sometimes when people talk about the prevalence of male slash fiction and fandom, they'll point to things like female characters getting written out of the out of the relationship um, that they have to one or both of the male characters. Like, I mean, I, I, I if I listed examples, we'd be here all day. Um, you, yeah. you all know a ship like this. Um, and sometimes those claims are fair and true because I did my time in early 2000s anime fandom. And I, if you're new to fandom, it's it was worse. I mean, people would write fics about those female characters just fucking dying. Um, Now at least people just make them a lesbian and it's like, we can talk about that as its own problem. At least they're not literally writing fics about like Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts dying so they can just put Sora and Riku together
1: or some shit. Like, oh, I'm not- It's so like, weird to exactly- me that- that's so weird to me that Elicities have the emotional depth of a twelve year olds fucking anime fic. I, I would also like to
0: point out that I didn't do that shit. I did an OT three for them when I was writing fic when I was fourteen because you know what? I was smart. Uh, I have so always funny. had a galaxy you know brain. I have always had a
1: galaxy brain, even if I was writing shit for Kingdom Hearts. Which How is the fuck crazy. did you get? Oh right, I built a ramp up here. <laughs> oh oh
0: right. Oh god, I'm so excited to build ramps. Um. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um. My point being is, it used to be so much worse in fandom. But my the the point on top of that point is like the way that Nora got
1: handled in this episode was like all of those fix. The second you said it, I was like, "Mother of God, we yeah, did it again, boys!" On one, level,
0: on one level, it's like, and it's like, on one level, it's I I it doesn't make the Steel Adam stuff queer baiting, but it is. I'm like, I do find it just fascinating that that trope played out again because it is something. That happens a lot like in media. It's not a fanfic-specific trope. I think people notice it more in fandom because fandom usually makes these feelings of romantic tension between the two men explicit. So the exclusion of the female character becomes less... Narratively driven and implied by like, oh well, we're just not going to talk about it because that's not an important relationship anymore. And it's made so explicit and direct that like she's not important to this the story because this is about the romance between two men. That's becoming more explicit and direct. That I think it makes and does an excuse that like sometimes yeah these these things are like misogynist, but it's also like I think moving it from like acting like it's a fandom specific problem is short sighted. And I couldn't agree more understanding that it totally happens in real like in in regular stories is important and on top of that recognizing how it happens um and if i mean if you want to know how it happens you can just look at this like this is a pretty it's like almost a wildly fucking um direct example of like nora gets written off does she like i don't she talks a little bit about book club like she has a couple of lines about book club, but you know, we're gonna do this whole thing about Ray and Nate, but I'm like she has maybe three lines at the start of the episode with Ray. And then that's yep. like and then she has and then she talks to her female friends, and then that's gone. And then she's gone. Like she doesn't even she's not even a part of like the main plot with Shakespeare, which is its own thing. Um, but like she's written out so completely. And has conversations with Ray so briefly that, like, it's kind of funny. Like, it's not, but it's also, like, I mean, again, usually this level of, like, writing a character, like, a, a female character out of a relationship is something you really only see in fanfics. So it's a little, like, holy shit. You can do this in real life? Um, I mean, you
1: shouldn't, but apparently you, you can
0: you shouldn't, but it, I, it, it is almost because it's like, because you know what the thing is, is it's, it, I hate it even more here because they don't take that last step. They don't just make it explicit. And, you know, it's that thing where it's like. Someone wanted to saying? marry
1: their own wife because they are a homophobe. Yes. And, and I yes. get,
0: I, and yes, I get that even though it makes him a homophobe.
1: But yeah, on no, another he's, level, he's a homophobe. He's, he's, he's yeah,
0: homophobe. <laughs> we've decided. It, it, <laughs> um, that's something where it's like, what you know, it's like at the end of like Return of the Jedi was a bad movie or whatever the whatever the fuck Rise of Skywalker. What you know what it was Return of the Who fucking cares the new Star Wars movie I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> diamond <Dino. laughs> no because it was because it was effectively just Return of the Jedi but like with a new trio. I think that but what I, if it I, sucked. But what if it sucked? Um, because it yeah, what if so everything in any-
1: satisfying <laughs> about Return of the Jedi just didn't happen. What would you do then?
0: <laughs> the only good scene in that movie was the scene where Ray heals the big scary monster and like is nice to it because like I fucking love when big scary monsters are like treated like as animals worthy of like respect and care and not just as scary things because that has a real world impact. See also Jaws. Anyway. Um, there's a scene at the end where it's like after all this sh- stuff that happens between Finn and Poe, it's like, you could have just had them kiss because it could have been the kiss that you cut out because it's it's it, the last scene they have where they hug and they like bump foreheads and they do all the and I'm like, just kiss, just kiss. Did Oscar, did, it, it, Oscar Isaac should, do you know, do you know that scene that kiss between Kirk and Uhura in the original Star Trek where they only got it in because William Shatner kept fucking up the takes so they had to use the takes yeah. where he kissed her. He should have just done that. Um, I don't know if he could have waited out Disney though. I think they might've, they might've made him sit up, but like, that's the vibe where it's like, you could have had them kiss and it would have changed nothing. You could have cut it out for, for, for foreign audiences. Although I think fundamentally we have to address that homophobia is not just a foreign problem, but it was like that, like where it's like, what did you change? If Nate and Ray had like a, a kiss before he walked out the door and was gone, what would it change? Cause yeah, I mean, on one level, you'd be like, oh, well, he doesn't, but like, he'd be going back to his wife. It wasn't, it wouldn't, and it's the CW, so like, nobody cares when fucking characters make out with someone they're not dating. It, it's a fucking CW, so like, you're absolutely correct. You could have had that. There was nothing preventing them, other than their own cowardice, from just even in just for that one second, making it explicit. I'm not saying they have to make it end game. I'm saying they have to make it explicit, and that's why it's kind of. I don't want to say this.
1: Sorry, continue. Oh, you go first. You finish your, well, you finish your thought, and then I will I'm, add on to it. Yeah, sorry. But this is why I'm kind of like, because uh, it's been
0: hard for me to be like, is this queer baiting? Is this not queer baiting? And the answer is, I oh, don't fucking know. Well, this I'm is queer, and of,
1: I was baited. So what I, is yeah, that I fucking mean? Part part of it is, failed. Failed.
0: Yeah, part of it is, this is homophobic. It convinces me. And like, that's fair, but also just from like a purely theoretical, like, it's not queer bait, like,
1: it's not Destio. So it's not as bad. There is something to the
0: point of, like, why did you not just. Like, when you don't, like, at that point, it would have changed nothing to your overall plot. And you did so much teasing and so much coding and so much subtext that when you had that chance and you didn't take it, does kind of like, it's not
1: quite baiting but it's also like a well, letdown like in a way where um, it's... back in okay. season one of The Flash everybody's favorite um, a lot of game men specifically loved Barry and Cisco as a ship um, and now The Flash is, okay. is garbage and Cisco is still beautiful but like nobody's really watching The Flash anymore unless they're watching for Iris in which case you are beautiful you are valid yeah, I you're love allowed you. to
0: watch for Iris that makes total sense to me um, and I think the we're upside the only to that the heroes is, well, we have left,
1: the Flash might suck
0: now, but the influence of Iris is so totally going to outlast the yeah. show. And I think if only despite Danielle Panabaker, that's beautiful. Like Iris oh, getting God. cast really was a watershed moment. And even though the Flash as a show kind of sucks now, like you can't take that away, and it was a
1: really big deal. I'm so proud of
0: Candace. So, but hell a yeah. lot
1: of gay men that I know, at least, moved from that very much to Nate and Ray. And that was like the gay men ship. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's very interesting because I think we can even talk about 10 years ago how sort of white cishet men being in ships was very much seen as like a, and this might be true because there have always been gay people in fandom shipping, you know, men together, even if the majority seems to be women.
0: Literally... Literally since fandom existed, like modern, but even, even like pre-modern fandom, but like modern fandom, like from the 60s onward, like it started with Kirk and Spock, like that's just established fact. Yes,
1: yes it did, and and it's one of so, those things where like when they're like, oh well, it's really important to show their friendship, like you don't see a tender male friendship a lot on cool. TV, and I'm like, Turk and J.D., Kirk and Spock, psych and um, Sean. Sean and Gus from Psych. Sean and Gus. Like I can keep yeah. going. Do you want me yeah. to keep going? Cause I know you think you're doing something, but it's not my fault that hey, cis-het men can't have friends like yeah. men, cishet men being in a tender relationship will never in a million years, 10 out of 10, every time will never be as important as two gay men in a relationship. It just doesn't work like that. Doesn't, it doesn't work like that and that is also something where it's like I love
0: I, I hate that line of thought, but I also love in a sarcastic way that they're like, well, these are like just ten and I'm like, okay, saying like friendships on TV aren't like when we're bringing up shit like Gus and Sean and JD and Turk, there are absolutely people who ship them romantically and they're correct because the don't TV doesn't, don't die doesn't, the doesn't, and Turks after ship them romantically <laughs> yeah, you probably. That, Don't you mean back uh, Brath? <laughs> yeah, but like it, it's something where it's like even when they bring up these examples of like platonic male friendships i'm like you know that it does like but people ship them too because tv isn't like real life where it's like in real life no you're not always in love with your best friend you might just genuinely be really close with them um and it's never romantic and like that that that's life but like in tv it doesn't work like that like there's always going to be that tension because like tv Lives and dies on that tension. Shows have gone for seasons upon seasons upon seasons. X Files literally just on the tension of whether or not their characters are going to fuck. And as soon as they fix that tension and they do, the show fizzles out because people love the tension. And I mean, I personally love like domestic, but like if you're you know, one I of the people out
1: there that was baited by Elementary, my condolences.
0: Sucks. Um, <laughs> but just it is the where. It's like genuinely, TV shows thrive on that drama of the intimacy and the and the and the the tension. Um, so to act like all of these friendships aren't also romantically coded, specifically just to keep people it, it, like inci- incited about the show, um, is kind of stupid and sort of a like a, a very myopic take. And again, fundamentally, I'm like. What are you when you're like intimacy between male friends is important? What are you when you say that and you think that's a good? What are you for saying? Who, about the, the for,
1: for who, Paul? For one, for who? sorry, I like, meant Ben. For who, Ben? <laughs> to who? To who, fucking ben? Fucking oh, who ben? ben? Like literally, <laughs> like
0: literally. But it, it, that, yes. But also, it's like, what are you saying? It, it, it's kind of telling about how they view homoerotic male intimacy. Where it's, like, and I can say this as, like, a trans person where it's, like, yeah, I have really complicated feelings about this that I kind of don't even want to completely get into. Because, like, they are so intimate and personal and gender can be really weird. Um, But this is something where I do feel very, like, it's, like, when you have two men in love with each other and you're, like, well, I think it's, or, like, coded as being in love with each other or... Inter- possible being, possibly being able to be interpreted that way, and you're like, well, I think it's important that they say friends, and because that kind of relationship is important, what, like, you you're pathologizing like homo, homo romantic love, like,
1: you 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 can't, thank you, that's exactly you,
0: you it, thank don't, you, you don't mean to be but you're, like, saying that it's like, okay, but a romantic tenderness and friendship between two men is, like, not as good um or not as important or not as powerful or intense and it's like i know people don't mean to be doing it that way but you know it it doesn't really matter cuz it just feeds into this larger um perception of it it it's very difficult to talk about um because it's it because it is it's kind of complicated um and there's not it's one really one of those
1: things where to this day people still associate homosexuality um, or any kind of um, sexuality on the LGBTQ spectrum as being inherently sexual.
0: Yeah. People absolutely pathologize it where it's it's like,
1: you know, well, they're not going to have sex on screen. So obviously they're not gay. And it's like, that's not all gay people do. I mean you also have to be careful on the flip side of that where yeah.
0: sometimes you know you don't you don't ever yeah, want like, modern family, shit. the chase okay.
1: the two chased married yeah, days that want, hate each other.
0: Yeah, like you don't want that shit, but on another level it's They like, wake up
1: every morning and go, how can I make my partner's life miserable today?
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, I should be having die ins on their set.
1: Um <laughs> I'm gonna have a die-in on Legends of <laughs> okay. Tomorrow. There's no reason. <laughs> I'm this fucking close. Um It's because it's... they don't it's because Dominic R- Purcell does not respect the age gap nation. Uh, he's yeah. Um
0: he it's okay. So it's something where it's like it's it's a complicated issue and there's no one right answer because this is not discussing this stuff is not like applying duct tape like it's not a one-size-fits-all thing um there's not i can't say here's how every show should fix how they should depict their queer rep because it doesn't work that way but like with legends specifically it's like they keep doing this thing where it's like i appreciate that they're willing to be they were were willing to be tender with ray and h relationship without sort of like Punking people out, like and being like, "Haha, just kidding!" Like at
1: any point, like again, death deal. Um, I mean, to but, have them enter Romeo and Juliet, truly. What was the vibe? That's the, that's a whole like it. What i the plan here?
0: First, I I
1: didn't. Sometimes.
0: I'm so used to being fucked over that like, sometimes I have a hard time recognizing when it's like, no, this is really happening because like it happened like, oh my God, the reveal with Ruby and Sapphire where, like in my brain is like, no, they can't possibly be in love because they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to get away with that on TV. Like they wouldn't be able to have two lesbians on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. They must, that must just have been like a friendship kiss. And then it was like, surprise bitch, they're in love. And like, I, you would think I would know that because I literally spend all of my life looking for subtext in the shit. But it's like, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees because you're so, so used to getting told that you're not even in a forest. So this ha- that happened again with this, where I was like, oh my god, why the fuck are they making, like, R- Nora and Ray, Romeo and Juliet? They're not even- Nora's not even in this episode. And then, as I'm saying that, they're, like, cutting away- they're ver- making it very qu- clear in their edits and cuts that, like, Nate is supposed to be the Juliet here. And you and I just started screaming about it at the same time because it's like, what- what Listen, like, i will uh,
1: say i will say this about legends of tomorrow every time we've made a lot of jokes about shakespeare episodes we really have we've done a lot of riffs and we have said i think ever since we found out you guys were doing a shakespeare episode maybe even before we were like was well, anyone going to be you know in a in a dress because only men could perform and phil clamor fucking actually, putting out a I... cigarette in my eye like watch this right <laughs>
0: Thank you for reminding me about that, cause it's like we're gonna we're we're giving the show a lot of well deserved shit. And again, I can't stress enough. It does deserve literally all of it. But I was really worried, but then, like the way that they made like Nate didn't look, and this is coming from somebody who again, is like really sensitive to this sort of stuff for obvious reasons. Where it's like they didn't, and obviously other people can have different opinions, but to me, and this is also coming from somebody who is basically single-handedly responsible for the Nate Hayward as a trans man head cannon interpret. Not even it's interpretation. Um it's not a head canon, it's an interpretation based on a way of looking at his y'all, character. Y'all aware
1: of that? Ari did that. But I mean it like, yeah, here, like on this very I, podcast, actually.
0: Pretty much. Um, so with that in mind, saying that with all of that in mind. I really did not feel like it was transphobic. Um, I appreciated because there was nothing. The joke was not that he was in a dress. There wasn't really a joke. He was just the joke was that he sucked at it. The joke was that he was a bad actor. But like, Sarah
1: is like, why did why didn't Nate get this role? The joke is that Sarah is like, nobody else want to do this. Yeah, like they don't even do like they have like. He's because it's like the
0: like it's not there's nothing about it that's like isn't it funny that Nate's in a dress it's like isn't it funny that Nate's a bad actor and like yeah those nuances do matter um and it didn't feel mean spirited or abrasive in the way that a lot of those kind of jokes can feel and even when they had that bit with Zari and they were like when they were like wait isn't that supposed to be like it wasn't it wasn't calling Zari like no one was misgendering Zari they were just like hold on that's a woman I don't think that's supposed to be a woman up there it was it wasn't the kind of transphobia that you would have expected from that scene and I don't really think it was transphobic so it's
1: like <laughs> thank you
0: well I mean not knowing that
1: a lot of fucking bullets that Charlie has been, been really presenting as same and different genders and having sex with same and different genders For Charlie to be like, hey, instead of someone getting offended and being like, no, for Charlie to just be like, doesn't matter, was very nice. And I will say, um, if I could just be, if I could just be, uh, I don't even, I mean, I guess it's horny on Maine, and I'm going to apologize to you in advance for this, but one of the really funny things about... Nate being Juliet is that he just doesn't know how to function like in a dress. Like when he sits on the stairs and he spreads his legs and you're like, yeah. no, you can't do that. Are like... But well, that okay, but, one, I... but also, to but so also and here's, that. here's where my problem came in is that the tights they gave him were like white. So you can like see like the creases of his thighs and you can see that he has a decent amount of leg hair in that area. And they're like, oh, well, there you go again. And then you just lay awake at night being like, wow, am I going to hell for this? I hope so. If this doesn't do it, nothing will. Nothing will.
0: But it is, I mean, like, listen, I get it. I wasn't paying that much attention because I think I was still reeling from, oh, my God, he's supposed to be the fucking Juliet in this parallel. I literally can't. I'm going to fucking kill this show but yeah, no, more than fair. Um, this is, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot, but like, again, they really did, they, they expertly, they they really fucking like bullet timed away from that shit. I do, I am almost impressed, um, because it really, a lot of other shows I think would have gotten tripped up on at least one of those moments and Legends didn't. Um, and I'm genuinely relieved (laughs) because that would have been really, really shitty. Um, that being said, that actually reminds me, speaking of things that made me want to like fist fight Phil and maybe Nick Zano a little, when they were like, why doesn't Mercutio just steal up again? And I was like I'm gonna fuck That me. was
1: really cute. Everybody being drunk and talking, but there were a lot of very we make, we make,
0: and I know for a fact we've made jokes about this where we're like, oh, looks like Nate hasn't used his powers in the past couple months. Like, we keep doing that shit. And I just think it's really, I mean, I don't think it was a deliberate, like, it like, wasn't as deliberate as the hemophilia gala. Nothing is ever going to be as direct as that moment in the hemophilia Who the fuck gala. sent that ass? <laughs> who did that to me?
1: Like, nothing's ever going to be I'm not mad. Also, I just want got... to talk. So, hold on laptop charter nothing is ever going to be as bad
0: as the the hemophilia gala in terms of like everyone turning to the
1: camera and directly addressing us me just recoiling away in fear and hatred yeah
0: but it definitely it was interest. it was just kind of funny But what I also, not to be that guy, but while we're on that note, um, I do think it's interesting that they sort of were like, isn't it funny of the idea of shape, number one, that they had to make fun of stuff like Avengers Endgame because the DC movie universe actually has better movies individually, I would argue, but does not have the cohesiveness of like a cinematic universe but I actually honestly think that's to its benefit and why it has the good movies that it has. I don't think Birds of Prey or some shit equivalent would have been able to exist in the MCU. So win some, lose some. Um, But I do think it's interesting that they were parodying Endgame more more so than go with the other fucking company's movies, but that they were even like, isn't it funny of the idea that this would be Shakespeare, but it's like, but that's exactly what Shakespeare was like. Shakespeare was the Elizabethan MCU.
1: I, I will actually say I think they were actually very clever about how. I mean, their Shakespeare costume was absolutely terrible. I, uh, yeah, he looked like a he looked like a sad gay pirate, which I think is what Bill Wood wanted. He look like he he didn't look like
0: Shakespeare, um, which was kind of funny. It was the LBJ thing where they were like, this, "This, you're just, you, you, I, what are you fucking doing? But they also didn't really put Shakespeare proper in the episode much.
1: So it was fine. It was
0: mostly but just sort of
1: talking about it. That being thing. said, like, I mean, I, I, I can talk about this now or I can talk about this towards the end. Um, but just the way that they it's put well, we're on Romeo and Juliet was really really well done and the way that they sort of addressed theater and Elizabethan england to me was just very well done and very clever like there are a lot of things about this episode that i really really liked and if we hadn't had a fucking the long goodbye i would have been like this was a really great episode the reason i'm frustrated is not actually because of the episode itself it's because of all the good things Um, in this episode that need more attention yeah it's the
0: culmination of all of the problems this entire season has had on one level with the stuff about Astro and Lachesis where it's like this is the most direct manifestation of your complete and utter failure to structure this up the this, this season um and just the get on with it level of like you're just the true there like, oh, get on off. with it fundamentally we're at the point where it's like enough 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 enough
1: no, I mean, truly, I, I can see the gif you're talking about in my head.
0: Yeah, like, that's where we're fucking at at this point, because, obviously. So
1: And it's also kind that- of like, you gave them this long-ass goodbye, and it didn't win you any points with them in the press, so. Yeah, On the DVD, did. just cut it.
0: It did nothing. Um,
1: But it is just kind
0: of... Yeah, you know more about the Elizabethan stuff than me, so it's like, if you want to talk more about that, I did... I did, I did think it was, because I'm like, I, first off, that crossover thing he was describing actually kind of sounded really, really fun. Like, I would go watch that semi-ironically. Um, that's last. That's am I'm And, I'm like, I think sometimes, I actually, as much as I'm going to tease them about it, I do appreciate that a show like Legends is willing to take Shakespeare, because I don't think that doing Shakespeare stuff should be like, something that only serious prestige kind of shows yeah. or films get to take on. I mean, fuck, Ten Things I Hate About You was, uh, Taming of the Shrew, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, I so it mean... so was a show like, you might as fucking well. It, it the, the, the reason these stories have survived for this long is not because they're prestige, but because there is sort of just a, a
1: common humanity to them. Um, and that's... Oh, shakes- Yeah, Shakespeare is not about the only reason that we think it's fancy is because it's written um in Elizabethan English. But Elizabethan English is just what we're speaking now, but old. He actually made up a ton of words. Yeah. um, Which is why when people when people get on other people for creating words or being like, Oh well that's not how this is pronounced, number one, they're doing it out of anti-blackness. And number two um, that's just how language works. It evolves.
0: That's literally how language works and has always worked.
1: I mean, I um, genuinely also, don't
0: This is know. what fucking happens when you just read a bunch of books and don't talk to people for your entire childhood. I'm not going to fucking pronounce- I don't- I just read the word on the page. I'm- I'm- I'm taking shots in the fucking dark here, man. Um, when it comes to pronunciation, but it is also something where I appreciated because they had a brief moment about that in the episode where they kind of- It wasn't long enough, but they had that moment where they were talking and they realized there had been an impact on the time stream and they stopped being like having like they stopped using what we would think of as really common words because those are words with Shakespearean origins, um, which I thought was a really neat little tweak that I don't think they could have kept going for super long because a lot of our language comes from how he streamlined Elizabethan English. So that's cool.
1: Um, I mean, oh my god! I'm just thinking about how she, every time someone was stupid in this episode, it was absolutely adorable. Like how Nate flashes everybody with the memory flasher in the wrong way, even though Charlie tells him he's pointing it yeah. the wrong way. It's Or so when first, you. first when Nate reads in the book that his powers are there, and then when um, he and Zari are in the tavern, and he's my skin is silver and my fists are like thunderbolts, and he points to himself. And he's like, that's me. And he's like so pleased with himself. So fucking stupid.
0: Um, Love that for him. He's, I mean, just that he can't. I don't think the one with the
1: biceps can read. Um, he and Charlie were absolutely on their best worst behavior this episode. And I'm like, I hope this continues. I hope that they were pushing him and Maisie back together. Because now that Brandon's leaving, they're like, okay, you two are actually the golden duo. So let's get back into it.
0: It was Because, uh, I mean, as much as I have really appreciated Matt and Maisie together, I am, like, I've missed Nick and Maisie acting together. Looking forward to that again um, so much. I I think what's driving me, it's like, I can find a ton of other stuff that I, I scanned and saved, and I think that's why I'm like, why the fuck can't I find this stuff that I scanned and saved in Silly Closet? God damn it. And the answer is because this shit isn't actually really very organized. I really should go through all this and organize it at some point. Um... I mean, I really have nothing but fucking time, I guess. So,
1: at some point. um, Might as well.
0: Might as fucking well. Um, But I can kind of sum it up briefly. So, actually, before we go into Mona, let me just... So, I think what drives me crazy about the Nate and Ray thing is it's kind of another one. And there's... When you start analyzing uh, queer subtext and queer coding in films and, and media, you tend to notice that they fall into... A lot of tropes um and a lot of certain kinds of plot lines, because the thing is is up until very recently, a lot of the people writing these characters were either closeted um and only able to sort of tackle these feelings in subtext encoding, like um the original like the um boris Karloff Frankenstein um and a bunch of other hammer horror films were directed by James Whale, who was a gay man. And so obviously this informed his work, but nothing was ever made explicit because even though he himself was gay, he couldn't, he couldn't make any of it explicit because it was the fucking 30s. So, you know, and so a lot of this stuff is either made in that context or made by straight people who have an agenda that, ironically enough, straight people have an agenda they'd like to push about gay people. So you start to notice that these relationships fall into tropes a lot or very specific sort of ways of understanding or codifying relationships and Nathan raised by the end of this sort of falls into one of the examples of subtext and queer subtext as like an immature dalliance between men um you have a separate piece that's kind of like that although a little more i was literally about
1: to say did they just fucking separate piece it
0: Yes, there's actually a lot and i mean i i was bored to fuck a separate piece is actually incredibly boring to read and i i know that i had to read it i think a lot of us had to and like i wanted to talk about the fact that the author is gay and we did touch on it briefly but like not in the way where i'm like this book is literally only worth analyzing in the context of understanding that the author was a closeted gay man it doesn't there's nothing there's nothing else here um you can't just make that an aside like that's the book but with like that talking in about Fight
1: Club without mentioning that Chuck Palianook is yeah, gay. like yeah like I yeah You're leaving it.
0: Every day of my fucking life I get emails. Um <laughs> <laughs> it is something though where like so the way that, that Nate and Ray are written where it's like the the marriage it's not even necessarily that he married Nora. It doesn't Nora is an afterthought to this narrative which is frustrating but she is because it's not the end of Nate, Nate and Ray's relationship in this context is how this sort of plays out in a lot of these kinds of stories where one of the men in this homosexual relationship that's being sort of written by the narrative as like an image or, or a less mature emotional relationship where it's, it's, it's sort of like a, like a, uh, passing fancy or childish or emotionally shallow in some way shape or form which obviously none of this is true but this is the kind of stuff you're dealing with with these kind of narratives um and then it ends when one or both of the characters sort of mature and grow up and that is usually signified by them settling into a heterosexual relationship again cannot stress this enough that's not true of any real life gay relationship, but this is
1: something that we don't see as directly I just, as I think. I'm I'm so glad you brought it up because I I mean like it's one of those tropes that I feel like now that you've explained it, I'm like, yes, I've heard of this, but you just connected the pieces for me and I hope for our listeners in our way where I'm like, oh my god, that literally is exactly what happened, especially yeah. when you think about the fact that they were always kind of childish and immature together
0: yeah where and, they were um, all I mean, as much as we made jokes about how they were always dumber around each other like yeah they were suddenly like this these were people who at the start of the show could read by the end of the show or were the end of like i would argue that neither of them could read nate will continue to not know how to read but like yeah there is something to be said about like it's not maybe as direct and blunt as like A lot of just buddy comedy movies. I mean, literally almost every single fucking buddy comedy movie runs on this. Um, Every single one. Um, But they are part and parcel of that. Where it's like they fit that dynamic. Um, Scrubs also kind of bring it back to like JD and like Turk gets married to Carla. And then it's like, yeah, they have that moment that's admittedly very maybe someday he'll love me like that. But like at the same time, that's like that's the that's the thing we're dealing with where it's like on one level it's being presented on as like a more emotionally open and and like intense and passionate relationship but it's also being presented as an immature relationship because the goal of this sort of writing is not to capitalize on that homoerotic long longing or romance it's literally like they can't we're dealing with a society that still kind of views same gender relationships as like a, 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 like a, a, a lot of things, but one of those things is as immature like oh you'll you know you'll change your mind someday or grow out of it you know, you'll grow out of it, you'll do this, you'll do that, or a lot of stuff, so this falls into that camp very specifically of like it's Ray is growing up and moving on and letting go, and part of what he's letting go isn't just his life on the ship, it's his homorotic subtext with Nate and he's letting go of it by marrying a woman. Um it it's kind of depressing how well it fits into that trope because this is an old one. This is I, I mean it's it's been around long enough that a separate fucking piece talks about it and that book is like set in the early 1900s. So this isn't
1: new. It's set during World War 2, like right before. Oh, wasn't it World War I Which I guess her. is technically early 1900s. It's earlier than yeah. 1990 i
0: don't i i thought it was about world war one I. I don't know who fucking cares um
1: or oh, like shit. The, i'm not gonna look it up is, i don't care enough
0: i i am hold on because this is bugging me because it does
1: actually kind of inform my i, I just I'm know sorry. one of them had a very um waspy name and that's the one that dies.
0: Oh god. okay hold on hold on because remember the thing we were talking the thing we were just talking about now yeah. the first the first thing that comes up when i googled a separate piece and google corrected my spelling of separate because i had to type around my microphone so i fucked it up long before the term bromance gained its cachet long before middle school depictions of mean girls and female rivalries i don't know what i don't remember that in the book but like it's
1: uh, (sighs) that wasn't in the book
0: What what are you talking about that wasn't in the book i'm assuming that they just mean like Weird, because there was a lot of like weird bitchy infighting between the boys, but I just think it's very interesting that they're immediately like literally the first sentence when you Google it is long before the term bromance gained its cachet. It's like it was written by you, you motherfuckers. So when we talk about like I, some of our listeners horrifyingly enough might not be old enough to remember this, which again deeply upsetting. But like I do, I hate to keep going back to Scrubs, but Scrubs and House and that like early. 2010s, late 2000s era of like TV when the term bromance was really being a thing. It was like, it was media's first reckoning with sort of non bigoted, non explicitly bigoted. I mean, they were still like low key bigoted, but like acknowledging it's a homoerotic elephant in the room, metaphorically speaking. It was World War II, son of a bitch. All right. Thank you. And also, the, the kids' names were Gene and Phineas. So that's why you're like, yeah, they were really waspy names and they are they are um, gay rights.
1: gay rights um, Gay rights. but it is like ray i got and the nate writer of a separate piece to say gay rights on on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because he's is, been dead for is, years he, yeah
0: but it was something where like ray and nate are sort of a modern a more progressive take on it but they are still fundamentally hamstrung by the fact that yes We've done some movement forward, but not enough. Um, so I just—it's like I literally am just that fucking—I'm just the fucking bit in Twin Peaks where the giant shows up in the middle of the fucking beauty pageant. And it's like it's happening again, and every fucking day I am—I every day I go that I do this. I wake up and I am the fucking giant, and I am at the Twin Peaks beauty pageant, and I'm just like, <sighs> oh, it's frustrating. It's sad. It's frustrating. Um, it's. It doesn't, it it, 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 it's not about, I And mean, you know, I, I, I still feel like some people are gonna be like, well, you're just mad it wasn't canon. It's not, I don't care whether it's canon or not. I do care that they didn't make explicit this coding that fits so neatly, depressingly
1: neatly into the history of gay subtext. In I'm media. just mad. I'm just mad that they tried to build this friendship as something important when it's just, when you when you flick the veneer off of it and you look at it, you're like, "There's nothing special about this." I mean, am I gonna stop making like gift sets or stop enjoying the show? No, of course not. I like to turn my brain off and be and, and fucking enjoy shit. But like, this is they the move sort forward of truth at the core not... of it. Yes, they
0: move forward, but not enough. Where it's like, no, here's the thing is it doesn't have to end there. There are other shows, other works of media that are making their stuff, making their queer content explicit. Notably, it's usually being made by actual queer creators. So, you know, keep this in mind when you think about what you want to support. Um, It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, I think, you know, this has been documented to an extent with fandom, but it's such a fraught topic This people get really fucking stupid about it really fast. But yeah, I think sometimes we're way more willing to accept crumbs from familiar properties or coding from familiar properties when imperfect, but like queer work by queer creators exists. But we are willing to pick it to death over like, well, this wasn't perfectly resonant with my experience. So that means the author's problematic. It's like, I'm gonna. So, moral of the story is just we, we can be better about this. This is depre- th- this this did some things that were new, but not nearly enough. And at the end of the day, even the stuff it did new, it sort of undermined by the way it was resolved. Where it's like we have an ending to this now. And with that ending in mind that we understand, I look at this and I go, well, it's actually not really as progressive as you guys were selling it to be. And it's not really as important or what because you didn't stick your landing. So depressing. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna enjoy the ship, because I do, because you know, you can turn your brain off. And I mean, again, I'm making a podcast for this show. I clearly still like it, but I will say I was feeling that and like leading into Mona, knowing that she's not. I, I thought she was coming back more but knowing that this was like her last episode like I don't
1: no I'm she's back for the finale
0: oh, for the finale, and then
1: hopefully she'll be um, back and she said she'd be around year. for I mean it's just one of those things where I'm I'm, I'm sorry excited I'm just not having going through I'm just going through the episode and I forgot You're that good. when they're doing a toast Nate says here's to legends of tomorrow we single-handedly destroyed storytelling as we know it where I was like, don't be fucking clever with me. Don't get cute with me.
0: Yeah. I remember that because that was my thought as I was watching. I was like, fuck you. That's funny. Don't. Whenever he's funny, it just upsets me. Do you think. Do do, do,
1: do... Am I a joke to you? Do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? Nick Sano, Absolutely. Directly, that's my question for you. I... That is a question for you directly. Yeah. Answer me. Answer my riddles ultimately... and you will be allowed to leave.
0: I would also like to point out, even though, like, you know, now you were like, oh, she's coming back for a couple, like, a little bit. And fuck Nick Zano. I'm trying to remember. It's not enough. Um, Fuck Nick Zano. Right. I hate when he's funny because he really is just really a, a surprisingly dry humor. Like, I appreciate when they let him be a little dry and sarcastic because he's actually very, very good at it. And again, I really, I don't, I hate it. I really, yeah, no. really hate it. It's so... should, we send,
1: should we send him to Guantanamo Bay for it?
0: Maybe. Um, I think we should try him in the Cheesecake Factory.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> this fucking point. In the People's Court, the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, society is in shambles. Okay, let's talk uh... about Mona. Let's talk about Mona. Then I'll actually talk about things I liked about this episode. Then we'll wrap it up and go to sleep.
0: But right, so you want to talk about so you do you want to start the Mona thing?
1: I'm just I mean, and I think I think it summarized it best when I posted it to Twitter when they sort of used the little clip of her in the Bebo fur doing like a fake PETA ad. And I was like, you're gonna pay her additional for this because you just wrote her off with no fucking and I'm sure the intern who runs that account is extremely sick of me, but maybe they should make better posts. Oh. Anyway, It's one of those things where, and and I think I immediately followed it up with like, you know, looking forward to her goodbye special, you know, just like how Jax got a goodbye special or how Kendra got one or how Wally got one. It's like, do you not, do you think I'm stupid? Or do you you think think I'm stupid or are you stupid? Because someone here is an idiot and I, sometimes it's me, but I don't think it is in this situation.
0: Definitely not. I think we've hit the point where it's like, no. I that because right, because I'm pretty. I'm actually like looking through, tw- I'm trying to find because I quote tweeted it because I was being a bitch about it too. Because I was like, um, fuck you guys, and I can't find it, so whatever. But you got know, like, it was just like so in like,
1: <sighs> like this was, you are I, so I don't so flippant about everybody else, <laughs> I, but some, but a grown ass manther is a fucking tantrum, and suddenly it's all anybody ever talks about. Like it's
0: not as important. I mean, it is that, but it's also like I think it's such it, it it's this it's the and I think I actually have directly compared it to this. Uh, but you know I hate Star Wars, but it it is also relevant the Rose Tico thing where it's yeah. like the same thing happened where I was like I really love this character who's like super upbeat and awesome and like really nice and willing to do what's right and she's got this unique perspective and she's great and oh men hate her so we're gonna write her out of the next movie or in this case oh we're gonna write her out of the next season. Okay. Where it's like, you know, fuck you, <laughs> like, it's about, like fuck, fuck Star Wars, but also this show, fuck this show, also because it's like you don't even, do you, do do you think people on Reddit are the backbone of your show? You are out of your fucking mind. Like, why You're like are you entertainment countering? reporters? Yeah, but it just infuriates me that, like, number one, it's not. You should stand by your actors, but also stand by your character decisions. Like number one, fuck all of you for not doing anything while Ramona was being like harassed. We've we've done that. I don't want to go into it again. You, our feelings on that were pretty explicit and plain. Fuck them for doing nothing. But on top of that, it's also like, hey, stick to your fucking guns. Like as a as writers, like you made this character. You did, and I mean, you could, even though I. My hope is she comes back, although, you know, dwindling fast after the. Because I know she I know she left to do Netflix stuff. I get it. I get that she had other stuff, but it's like they didn't they didn't. It, that wasn't the reason they wrote her off like that. The reason they wrote her no, off so that. abruptly was not because they didn't not because she was doing something else. They could have tried to schedule it a little better, maybe, or done a more ceremonious sending off but they wrote her off like that because they were too cowardly to stand behind the character they'd created and the actress they'd hired a player um when people didn't like her and fuck them um she's such a good character i genuinely i'm not saying that just because i mean i am saying that because i'm mad but i'm saying that as someone who like i think if you go back and i'm pretty i i love mona a lot and genuinely way less interested in the rest of the season. Because she's not really going to be there. She'll be there for a little bit, but I'm like, this is a character I would have, I wanted to see. We're going to be missing
1: more time, yeah. Or and she's getting the opposite of that. Bera just getting like one more episode, and then I think he's gone until the finale, where it's like, oh my god, what I'm is wrong with really? you? Is it us? Is it us? Because if it's I don't, us, I, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen as much
0: hate towards Bera I think it, I.
1: No, I just I don't think know, they cast him as a, as recurring, but I'm like, if you cast him as recurring, you needed to get all of his shit done before he yeah. leaves. And it's like, this isn't, it's not, a, I,
0: so much of this season is is sort of crushed by the albatross around their necks of Brandon and Courtney leaving, that it's like, maybe the next half of the season will be better and I want it to be. But I think even seven episodes from now, when we're doing our finale and our retrospective, we're gonna end up coming back to the fact that wow, me, I'd like it to be this was if a good society season. Society
1: makes it that long.
0: Well, yeah, society lasts that long. Um, but like, I, I would like that the best we can hope for at this point of a season retrospective is the second half of the season was good, but. That's that's my that's that's my one hope that we hit that my worst fears were going to be like this entire fucking season was wrecked by their complete inability to set anything up because they were so desperate to say goodbye to this fucking character for half a season. And it's like I, they couldn't schedule anyone. And I don't know if it's because CW films at weird. I, I don't fu- I don't know. I don't know. Everything about the first half of the season was bungled to an almost comical point. Um, It would be funny if I wasn't so mad about it. <laughs> I think
1: it would be funny if it didn't. It would be funny if
0: if, it had if Brandon was the first.
1: If if Brandon was the first person who had ever left, and the show yeah. didn't have a revolving door of characters of color, it would be funny. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad, but it is. But Love you guys, I'm not laughing. No. <laughs> Phil, I'm not finding this funny. And like, and that's the thing. I, how dare you, sit up there. And, and critique critiquing Phil is my thing. No one take that from me. Yeah,
0: it's, it's no all, one knows all him. Ever.
1: No one knows him like I do. And you never will. Never will. Just, guys, I'm like, again, I'm... <sighs> when I can get parts of the season that I enjoy, I enjoy it. But I think a lot of people are very frustrated... And then it's like, well, you don't want to look like an asshole because, like, yeah, obviously someone is upset that they are leaving this show and they really like it. And I completely understand that. But I'm also like, hmm, optics. Yeah. But, it's, the also like, of the well, polls. but it's also like, hey, not to be a big old bitch, but
0: I'm pretty sure I tweeted almost exactly this. But wow, it really would have been nice if we'd prioritized the plot of this the season that it would be really I think I should have known that the main se- season's antagonist had a relationship to not only indirectly the
1: character's focus
0: like I just not only not even just that we should have known what Astra's sh- deal was like Lachesis is connected to Charlie Clotho so I mean like it, let's, th-
1: let's 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 just rip the bandaid off let's just rip the bandaid off right here right now I'm not sure if we've ever said this explicitly. I feel like we have. But let's just, let's just make sure we're, we're perfectly super clear on this, which is that Legends um, doesn't give a fuck about women of color and the women of color on their show. They don't care. They will never give them the time or attention they give to the white women on this show and to the white actors. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong in the second half of the season, but I'm starting to really doubt it. And I think yeah, one of the reasons you yeah. and I are here is because we love the characters and we love what the characters do, but sometimes it kind of feels like we're burning rubber out here. Like you're like, yeah. you and on
0: level, I want to be, cause I agree with you and I think I've said we haven't, I mean, I agree with you, but I'm also like, I have said, I think on this podcast before that on, on the other hand, I think one of the most important things you can do is be a consistent, positive force. For the characters you like that are getting shafted because exactly it's not like Mona not getting liked came out of nowhere. I was caping hard for her all last season during the podcast because that was important. I don't regret doing it because it was important no. and I was right. I'll but keep caping. I'll keep caping, but I also think as much as it as much as it is more important to be positive about the things you love when those things are not given their fair share, it's worth analyzing why, because sometimes the answer is just, it didn't work out that way. But when it's this consistent of a pattern, and you know that we live in a society, TMCR, um, you have to start like being like, okay, well, am I, you know, is this just, oh, my fave isn't getting enough screen time, or is this a consistent pattern of neglecting actors of color, especially women of color, on not only this show, but this entire network, which has a history of doing this shit. Um, and understanding that more than one, like, you can have within DC TV, you can have the watershed moment of casting Iris, um, I mean Candace as Iris, and how that sort of reverberated through superhero casting in a really meaningful and important way. And then you can also have stuff like Legends completely bungling Maisies characters and plot lines and and everything and paying her dirt in comparison to katie who can't fuck it like i can't i i I, feel it let's not be too inflammatory but i know what you're thinking i just you know so it's important to be like like it's important to understand that like multiple things can be true at once some things can be good and meaningful at the same time as bad and shitty things are happening because it's really never that simple and as much as it's important to be positive about you, what you love, it's important to also be like, here's reasons why things might not be as good as they deserve to be, or why certain things are happening the way they're happening. And it is okay to point to larger cultural and social forces, because all of the media we create and consume exists within those social and cultural
1: forces. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Extremely well said. Thank you.
0: Right. Yeah, I was like, I just. Oh my god, I get so fucking mad. Um, first off, the picture I sent you in the chat.
1: Um. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Um, on a lighthearted note. Okay, so uh, I just want to say also, like,
0: like, you want to talk about positive stuff, and I know we were just angry, yeah. but also like leading into that, all of the stuff well, I yeah. said is true. But, we can still enjoy things anyway. It's okay. And I'm not saying, like, there are certain things where it's like, okay, if you're consistent. like.
1: But Why do you keep mm -hmm. sending this to me? You know that gets stuck in my head every fucking time.
0: It gets stuck in my head every fucking time. So, but it's like, I'm not saying that, like, yeah, sometimes things are more problematic than they're worth, yada, yada, yada. I hate having to fucking constantly caveat myself, but it is important to be specific and direct. That being said, it's like, listen, all we ever do is tell the show what it's doing wrong. I think I'm allowed to enjoy it sometimes also.
1: I I I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I don't think this podcast would be very interesting. And I think that's where we find a lot of entertainment media that falls short is that it's so non-critical and just kind of like circle jerky where I'm like, someone's got to give you a spanking. And if that's going to be me, then so fucking be it.
0: Yes. But I also, and please don't i agree with you part my brain just that fucking post that's like i know this might be a little controversial but sometimes when i watch things in media i like to have fun and then the reply that's just consuming media is
1: (laughs) my two fucking brains so splitting it out and i mean if i could sum up if that isn't this fucking podcast why would you want me to cut that when that's literally this fucking podcast (laughs) I just so I that's that literally I it, know, it that's, that's the show like, but it's like yeah
0: I mean here's the thing is like fundamentally again do you know how many bad things I've
1: watched if you, if you, you just you watched watch JoJo's fucking... Bizarre Adventure for fuck. oh it, which I, reminds I mean, me a, the which reminds me Crunchyroll means... Crunchyroll has oh, a, a Vento Oreo specific like uh, clothes collection so I ordered you a couple items which you of course will not see it, for what? another yeah I know yeah. I'm not but also what it's not like a fashion line it's like t-shirts it's like
0: t-shirts and long sleeve shirts h fucking christ remember when we were at fucking new york comic con and first off i was like exhausted and like fucking out of my mind with overstimulation so i saw the iggy fucking hoodie and i literally just started crying laughing which was great (laughs) but that was i just i really did feel like i was going insane looking at that it was so fucking much (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then they had and then it's like it's so fucking wild because again this is this is an I, i'm i'm fuck it, whatever i'm leaning into it this is an anime that like is like is is, is 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 constantly just like iraqi looking at like fucking vogue photo shoots and just rotoscoping it and that's fine but it's like then they try to do fashion collections for this and i remember because they had like bruno's zippers as like earrings I was like oh these are really pretty and they're like 200 fucking dollars which is like I, I get it but also I would have been willing to well I don't think I would have bought it but like I would have justified that but then it was also a clip-on earring and I'm like this is fundamentally oh, clip-on." The I know this is the problem with anime merchandise fundamentally is like unless it's the coach x naruto collection which is just Mwah. and also and also this is wild because like a, like there's been a like a, i don't want to say canon but they did it he did a full collaboration with like gucci like the brand like the real one was like yeah we're you we need you're we're gonna collaborate with he there's like official fucking so this is something where it's like his relationship with couture is couture is not like out of nowhere but it's also wild because it's like then when you merchandise it it's like you can't quite get high fashion but, like, they want to try because this is an anime where that's sort of part of it, but at the same time, they can't help but do shit. I did get you a t-shirt relevant. that has a
1: giant screen printing of a Bacchio on the back. It doesn't look like it's gonna be comfortable, but you had to have it
0: it's it actually is birthday today, so it looks like it has
1: running. it looks like it has no give on that on that back at all. No, God, I'm like, no. hmm.
0: um can we actually oh do- well. <laughs> Request to retitle this podcast "Happy Birthday, abacchio It's not getting published on his birthday, but it's his birthday today, and I'm gonna be that person who celebrates fictional characters' birthdays. Suck this post and Happy Birthday, Sonic! (laughs) But what was I talking Um, about? Okay, Um,
1: things I liked. Things I liked.
0: Right? Yeah. Please God. Okay. Number
1: one, when Mick—the only time I teared up this episode was when Mick actually showed his scars to Mona and was so honest Uh, with her. That hurt. I was like. Cut my frog into pieces. This is my lab report. And oh, sweet. it's, so it's also one of those things where I'm like, wow, if only we had more time to parallel this to his relationship with his actual daughter, me just fucking driving the car off the road and into a fucking ditch. Guess not. Guess I'll die. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. And End my life.
0: I mean, that was the thing where I was like, no, that was genuinely like, it was like, wow, it's almost like this character has a really great and important relationship. <sighs>
1: oh we're leaving it we are leaving it on the side of the road you're
0: leaving you're leaving you're leaving you're you're... so fucking tired oh god i want oh okay so the the fucking remember the cat we were talking about like the one that i was like this is going to be the fucking cat that everybody fucking the the raymond hold on his name is raymond apparently
1: what are you talking about
0: The cat in animal crossing Sort of. The one I was like, oh my god, the fucking okay, it is smug. All right. Never mind. I just want to make sure. Um I'm so
1: glad we got all of our stuff out so we can just go back to being stupid.
0: Just our original, fucking, yeah. our original podcast um, ideas. Dumb shit. But yeah, so that he's a smug type villager. I I it's kind of disgusting to me how many of the smug type villagers are my favorites, where I'm just like, Oh my god, I fucking hate this. It's like you can you can take you can take the part of me that really loves like the fucking like Debonair, you it, it, all the smug villagers are just Tamaki Suo, and I hate it.
1: Wow, I didn't kid. like fucking hit me across the face with a wet fish. If yeah, you don't sorry. Mind. I okay, it, like, like, so let sorry. me just. Okay, yes. we're sorry. really, we're sorry. really fucking, we're really running off the track here. So let me talk about. You're the I one who brought up anime. <laughs> I did, sorry, and, and and okay. do I regret Continue. it a little bit? Um,
0: exactly. It's fine. I'm putting on lip balm. Go for so... it.
1: So, Fuckin' Timmy and Tommy have been waiting for me to sell something to them for oh, for an so hour so and a half. Um, did you know Tom Nook is just Eddie Gecko? Damn it! God damn it! We've done it again, boys.
0: Um, I would also like to point out that again, for people who listen to this podcast, Tom Nook is not a landlord. He's a he's a construction company. Like you're just you're he's not pay, he's not charging you rent. You're just buying the cost of materials. And he doesn't charge yep. you interest. So, like, we need to put our anger towards actual landlords and not like a tanuki. Like, we have to get some perspective. Stop being mean to Tom Hook on the internet.
1: <laughs> I, I, listen. I also just want to, a- and I cannot emphasize this enough. You live in a society. I, I live, live on Spider society. Island. I
0: live on a deserted island with with a couple of magic raccoons.
1: So you I know. live. I live exclusively. In pursuit of the mythical ta- tarantula island, which I did go to once and got it's bitten like thirty island! times. <laughs> um, the way I will admit, I have been known to be something of—and this might be a shock to you—something of a snob in certain cases about certain things. It's fine. Specifically, literature, litter, chore. Did you have a stroke or something? Sure. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I read Romeo and Juliet when we were 14. And so our teacher, like the teacher I had was not English teachers are either like you are the adult I'm going to imprint on or I'm smarter than you. And those are the only two speeds. Um, So freshman year, it was I'm smarter. Sophomore, it was imprint. Uh, Junior, I don't know. I don't know what we had. What were we? Define this relationship. And then. Uh, Senior year was the cool English teacher. Well, not even cool, like 30-something English teacher that everybody had a crush on but has never done anything inappropriate. God bless his soul. Yes. He's just like a genuinely kind of sweet, nerdy guy where you're like, God bless you. Um, But she was sort of like, listen, Romeo and Juliet is like very dramatic. You know, they're being very silly. Don't kill yourselves for this kind of thing. It doesn't make any sense to do that. So I've always been like, And here's the thing is that everybody's always like Shakespeare is a play. You have to see it performed. You can't just read it. And I'm like, I can, I can fucking understand what's going on from the text. Thank you. And then I saw, and Phil even said in an interview, he's like, we just literally wanted Matt and Tala because they've done Shakespeare plays before. We just wanted to let them do that. And I'm like, this is one of the best things your show has ever done. This is genuinely top to bottom Shakespearean. It is excellent. There were so many parts of it that were so smart. Like Matt as Romeo would make all these very um, stupid and inappropriate gestures. I was also stupid fuck up. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's actually pretty spot on. And thank it's you like,
0: for, there's one last thing I want to talk yeah. about when you're done, but thank you for reminding me. And I like the audience
1: it, like, sort of whooping and cheering at them. I'm like, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like this you were supposed how it's to. Actually, do. this is how you're supposed to enjoy it. This is how it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to be inappropriate and dramatic, but you're also supposed to feel it like so deeply in your bones. I'm like, yes, these two characters are in love. I like completely forgot that they were even like characters on Legends of Tomorrow and i like that they're both in their 30s because i know a lot of people cast romeo and juliet younger and i know when shakespeare was writing it 14 was essentially middle age but there's a lot exactly because as
0: when we wrote when we read it as my teacher pointed out it was like on the young end even then where it's like no we her dad is kind of being a dick by like being like you have to get married like fucking tomorrow where it's like she might have been engaged by 14 but maybe not formally married until like 16 ish um it wasn't it wasn't quite as cut and dry but that's also why they're italian because in shakespeare's time setting things in italy is like uh, that's what all the insane like that's where the fucking lunatics are i just realized oh god vento oreo not to jojo's again but that's exactly why Vento is like that fuck Cause it's another one where it's like everything's happening in Italy, so everyone is just out of their fucking minds, and everything is happening the most. Have you seen so, the videos
1: of the Italian mayors yelling at their population to stay the fuck inside and like cursing at them, and the one mayor who's just wandering the streets of his town like yelling at people who are outside and telling him he's going to enforce the law?
0: I mean, that's good. That's good governance in Italy. Like the the, the actual nation has not had a lot. The Italian government is just a game of musical chairs. So it's nice to see the, the Italian
1: government. Ha- I don't think has cool. had like. It, it changes every six months. It's very, it's actually very it really difficult. Is, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's almost. God, kind of of
0: organized got a foothold in there, but this has nothing to do with Shakespeare. God, Definitely I wish that does. were us. Um, but um, yeah, fourteen was like not unreasonable, but also
1: not common it, it, at the time. It clarify. is one of those things where I like it with them. I know Tala posted a photo of herself and called herself a geriatric Juliet, which I thought was very funny. Um, that's fair. That's pretty funny, but, but I did kind it of just, appreciate it. yeah. It's kind it of better with adults because I almost feel like I don't. It just it's it's a good perspective to have because then you're also watching them have these romantic feelings, and even though you know what ages the characters are supposed to be, you're like, okay, these are two grown adults. So like this is yeah. It's like the problem you're running of... into on Riverdale, where like these people are adults, but like barely. And they're out here doing, like, yeah. weirdly sexy things all the time. And it's like, no, these are still kids. Yeah. Where it's, like, that big issue of, like,
0: this happening in a lot of, ke- like, teen-themed media. Where it's, like, the teenagers, in air quotes, are, like, clearly, clearly adults. in their 20s to early 30s even by, like, the Gossip Girl college years. But at the same time, it's, like, they're still being framed in narrative as teenagers doing salacious and raunchy things. So it's not even like you have the excuse of, oh, these are adults. Like, they're deliberately playing up their, the, the teen angle in a way that's, like, incredibly uncomfortable. Where it's like, if you're going to have them be adults so it's not weird, you have to then make it not weird. For fuck's sake. Like, you can't make, that's not a license to make it weirder. That's a license to
1: not d- do that. Anyway. Um, uh, big fucking my- shout out also to oh. Nate on Gossip Girl for setting the bar for oh. stupid Nates oh jesus blows a kiss I to the mean, stars
0: I, just, I had a horrifying thought that you meant nate as an Arnie, as a nick xana was on gossip girl and i was literally gonna climb out my fucking window no
1: he was go. on 90210 though yes we have talked about he that. was, on, he was, a, he was on a he was on a few we of the sort of teen I mean, dramas it in the hallmark when we did the hallmark review
0: because i was re-listening to that because i wanted to get the nick xana
1: Listen, Nick Sano, <laughs> Kristen Cavallari had Nick Sano's initials tattooed on her from 2008 to 2000. No, I'm so sorry. From 2006 to 2008. And nobody but me oh, wants God. to talk about it. Nobody but me <laughs> wants to talk about Not it. Not even
0: Kristen Cavallari for very obvious reasons. Um, oh, my God. Okay, so before we go, I do want to talk about, because you're right. The Shakespeare stuff was actually genuinely very good. I almost kind of, I'm like, you guys didn't even have to be playful about it you were doing a fairly faithful adaptation to the spirit of the work it was really good um two things also One, my
1: fucking slingshot broke and i want to be dead uh, i know
0: i did not realize it could break i whoever the fuck is at nintendo telling every fucking developer of every fucking game to be like all of your weapons and tools need to have weapon decorating i'm gonna beat your fucking ass will that make it stop if I challenge what the fuck this is in single combat, because it literally made me stop playing Breath of the Wild, and it's so fun. It, it's stop doing it. I'm literally just 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 stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. There's no way anyone Nintendo's would like. But like please, I can't take it anymore. Please. <laughs> christ it's so fucking annoying
1: doug bowser oh, listens well, to this podcast just, oh, God, keep, just this because
0: podcast. Just apparently the golden tools break i can understand if the basic shit broke but it's like golden tools apparently still break where it's like well then what the fuck is the point of having a go- whatever i'm fine i'm fine anyway yeah. i'm um, my ds into the goddamn stud. Yeah, I, I'm fine. I say as I fucking fling my DS into the street, my switch, whatever. Anyway, so yeah. So you two were, I understand. when when we did Romeo and Juliet, we because we couldn't see a play version of it. My teacher sort of compensated by making us watch like three different versions of it. Like we watched West Side Story, watched romeo plus Juliet, and I think we watched like a a, a film of like the play. Like we just saw the like a faithful like a straight I... up. Story
1: was way Um, I wanna rewatch Romeo plus Juliet actually because um
0: talking about it because I wanna watch it again because I was only this is my freshman year of high school. I'm like, yeah, I was
1: way too young to appreciate it. All I really have from it is the fact is in my head I'm like the um knight's armor and little angel costume are the most romantic thing that anybody can do in their lives. Yes, and also
0: turning the guns into like sword the sword gun company, which was so fuck so stupid. It's so good. Um, I definitely want to rewatch it just because on aesthetics alone. Tibble and his
1: gun sword. <laughs> gun sword. Fuck! And they just start
0: whipping out gun blades like it's Final Fantasy VIII, and nothing matters anymore. Um That being said, I was also because that was when I had first started obsessively watching Rebo The Genetic Opera, and looking back, okay, like someone,
1: okay, John Leguizamo was Chibault in that film. Stop it! <laughs> And I'm oh like, that god, wasn't John Louisiana, was it? And it was, and it was. And I just want to remind you that the person who did the Pest opening theme was also Tivolt. Oh god! Just like the Bard fucking intended.
0: All right. So when's when are we gonna re-recut the opening of the Pest and iambic pentameter? I can't. I'm gonna fucking. I don't, I'm gonna. I can't do this anymore. Um, podcast is over tonight. But, um. <laughs> I hate this so that because I was like because now looking back I'm like wow I really wonder why like someone who hadn't realized they were trans was obsessed with this movie where like surgery of all kinds was like a fun thing that everybody participated in and like just completely fucking you stupid bitch but obsessed with it so Paul Sorvino is in that movie but also in Romeo and Juliet so I was like I was like oh my god it's my special interest in school combining it what well, this is crazy and so like I need to focus on something else And also, I'm so fucking haunted by Tybalt being John Lucuziamo, because my other point was I wrote Mercutio Tybalt fanfic in iambic pentameter very carefully for a project, because again, I was 14, and this was my freshman year. Wait, what
1: fic? Who was it? No, what? No, never mind. I literally didn't hear hear you. I mean, I'm going to hear it when I edit it. Can you repeat it for me now?
0: Okay, so when I was, because this was, again, I want to remind everybody I was 14. Um, and so as much as I was always very galaxy brain, I was still a teenager and did stupid cringy bullshit. So I was like
1: Embrace he
0: was like your you cringe. have to Well he, it wasn't like I wrote it apropos of nothing. He was like, you guys have to write something in iambic pentameter about like you have to write a missing scene in Romeo and Juliet in iambic pentameter, which is actually kind of a cool like he really did basically say, Hey, write fanfic. Um and so by that point I'd already been writing fanfic for like three years, so I was just cracking my knuckles, like, let's go and so i wrote to bolt mercutio fanfic um because i thought that could have been a really fun enemies to lovers kind of thing um obviously we got we got that that doesn't pan out but like it it could have been it could have been great so i wrote that um because it was the assignment sort of i he didn't say write it gay but like i still got an a on it um so of and course, my other well, thing i assume of course it but I was, I, yeah, but, like, because I had to, I had to, like, write out, like, I got really good at writing out stressed and unstressed, because so I just was, like, malady. It was, it was kind of fun. Like, writing an iambic pentameter is kind of an interesting way
1: to. Ah! In- I caught a dory. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um.
0: Thank you. But that is kind of a thing where it's like, yeah, that can be really good to sort of make you think about your dialogue or your style of writing a different way. And my other thing was, I fucking hated when they referenced King Lear, because also my freshman year of high school with the same teacher, um, we were doing... So our project near the the end of the class, like end of the year, was to compare Romeo and Juliet to one other... Shakespeare play. And he, and I will never forget this because he explicitly said he was like, King Lear is something you read when you're in senior year. You shouldn't do King Lear. And I was like so fucking like it's like one of the like those moments where you're like, you know what? Fuck you. And I was like, I didn't like being told that I explicitly couldn't do it because I wasn't ready to handle it and it was too complicated. So I was like, Well, fuck you, old man. I'm gonna fucking do King Lear. And then the problem was is because it was a senior year play the senior teachers had all of the copies of it in the library, Mm -hmm. because I guess they were reading it at that time with their students. So there was only one copy of King Lear left. And it was like this illustrated version of it that was like faithful to the text. But the art style was like physically, it was like, sort of like David Keene, if you've ever like, like that kind of, like, it was weird and hard to look at. Dave McKean, sorry, I'm thinking Dave McKean. Um, the guy who did like a ton of covers for the Sandman are like, the it was just, it was, it hurt to look at for very long. And I still had to, I had to read the text within like a, 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 an 80 minute period after school because I couldn't bring it home with me. And the, the essay was due the day after that because I had ADHD and I didn't know how to time manage. So I like mm-hmm. speed read King Lear, like crash course fucking, I was just, Like, I had a headache afterwards because of how fast I had to read it. Because it is, as much as I was like, don't tell me what to do, old man. It it is a very dense, it's definitely dense. It's not impenetrable, but it's definitely like, it's, it's, it's written a little bit with a little more complexity than Romeo and Juliet. That being said, I still managed it and I still got a good grade on it. But like, it was so weird to hear like a Lear reference adjacent to a Romeo and Juliet reference with that context um so i guess the moral of the story is spite can be a really powerful motivator (laughs) and that is why i i think some of this podcast runs on love and some of it also does run on spite
1: i'm actually i'm preparing for you probably the worst thing that's ever been made in human history um and that being said we should probably go to bed i mean well we should probably end the podcast and then I'm going to send you the worst thing that's ever been made in human history. And then we'll
0: go. Why don't you send me the worst thing that's ever existed so we can just do? Remember the Alex, Axel Guy Fieri thing?
1: Well, no, I have to make it first.
0: Oh, God. So All right, just give fair me enough. a second. Um, but yeah, Uh, so I guess this is technically the like, one quick thing where we end. This is technically the end of season. What are we on? Five? Five A? We're technically end of season five A. Mm hmm. Nowhere to go but up. Please, for the love of God, go up, Legends. Um, now that we Hold have up. put Brandon in the Mesosphere so finally he can
1: die, we can move forward. <laughs> Please, God. Right? I hope so. So do I. So do I. I would like nothing but, uh, more.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that calls it a night. Uh, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Take care of yourselves. Please social distance, um, don't go out unless it's necessary, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Uh, we'll all
1: get through this. Um, good night, listener. Good night.